0: Yes, so I am really excited and I know that's my top word, but I am, I'm always that excited and I'm especially excited because I have the very privilege and honor of having Julie T on Superwomen Can podcast and she is amazing and I'm not going to say she's just amazing because of course she is, she's a super woman, of course she is. But she is keep smashing those doors. And I want to remind you where you are. This is the Super Women Can podcast. And we are all about elevating women of color to truly shine in their path, to push past every narrative that says that we can't because we can, and making sure that you can have more of everything that you want, reach all your highest heights and your highest dreams, have more time with your family, more time at home, more. Achievements of your dreams, more money in the bank, and that is by being your version of success and whatever that means to you. And Julie is going <laughs> to show you what that means for her, and she's going to inspire you to rocket your own life. Get ready, put your seat belts on because you're going to get ready for lift off. So, <laughs> Julie, tell me just introduce yourself because I hate to steal your thunder. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, hi everyone. My name is Julie Turney. It is an absolute honor to be here, Samantha. I'm so happy to be here. I am an HR for HR coach, so I specifically work with and support HR professionals who are struggling with burnout, vicarious trauma, compassion fatigue, and just trying to navigate their HR careers. I am also a speaker. I'm a podcast host. I am an author and I love to work in the L&D space on all things HR. And I'm also a host. That is me in a nutshell. I am from Manchester, UK. I Yay. was born and bred in St. Mary's Hospital. <laughs> oh, that's I was yes, and but I live in Barbados right now. And my parents are Barbadian and Jamaican descent, Windrush generation. And my family has a a legacy that I just, I really want to make sure that I honor my grandparents, my great grandparents and all the hard work that they did to get me where I am today, because I'm riding on their
0: shoulders. Oh, amazing. Thank you for that introduction. She didn't mention that she's also been on TEDx. Yeah, we'll talk a bit <laughs> about that. She's been on fire, she's a mother. She's from Manchester, so of course, you know. The Manchester girls. Yeah. And she's just, she's on fire. Like, I'm from, a, I'm a HR professional. So I know one of the things that we are advocates to make sure people have well-being, look after everyone. We're constantly the ones that look after everyone, honestly. Mm-hmm. And that even translates into our homes. So to have a business like yours that just puts their arms around HR, and you caught that HR yes. for HR, that name. And it is exactly that. You're putting your arms around yes. individuals and giving them what yeah. they need, which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I know for you to get to this point where you have your you're successful, you have your own company, you are everywhere. Like she's living in Barbados. Only the other day she was with the CIPD doing a an a huge event with Peter Cheese. And before she even came to that, she was like, Oh, I'm just finishing off my TEDx talk. Very, very calm, and relaxed <laughs> as she is. I was like, she she doesn't puff it off at all, but honestly, she is on fire. So tell me, I know that to get where you are, you've come through a lot of setbacks and yeah, triumphs and victories. Tell us about them. Tell us what's made you so successful. Perseverance,
1: I think. Number one. I don't take myself seriously. And I just, I'm okay with failure. I'm happy to embrace failing. So my journey has been one of lots of no's, lots of passovers, lots of ignoring. And I've been okay with that because through that, I have had the opportunity and the privilege to have the experiences that I'm living and breathing and experiencing now. I think a lot of times especially because coming from the Caribbean I think people have a certain mindset about people from the Caribbean and so sometimes that can be a bit of a blocker but I just push through those things because I let my work speak for itself I let what I do speak for itself I let my content speak for itself and then with that have I've had the opportunity to have people reach out to me like I now I'm at this in this place which almost feels very weird to me because of the struggle that i've had to now be in a space where people just come to me like i don't i very seldom have to find people or find clients or find business it comes to me and that for me is a very i feel very honored and blessed that i'm in this space now but it didn't come without Years of being ignored, years of getting nose, years of so not just months, years. I've been on this journey since 20 2012, basically. And so I'm at the stage now where what you're seeing now is years and years of work that I is mean. now
0: <laughs> I in, love this word in, that you hear. She's an overnight success. And you're like, yeah, it only took me no. 10 years. Ten years. <laughs> yeah (laughs) it took me me a good
1: while to get here and it's not something that I take for granted and it doesn't go unnoticed on me when people do stop when people do make queries when people do business with me it doesn't go unnoticed on me how they found me and what they appreciate about what I do
0: oh fabulous and I really uh, I believe that those kind of those failures those negatives those, mm-hmm. those setbacks are what really sets you up for success because it gives you like you said the resilience the want to push past all these different mm-hmm. things because you know that in the end you will arrive is this something that's I know you're saying resilience but do you have yeah. a personal story that that you can pinpoint that's that kind of helps to remind you of where, where you're going and where you should, yeah where,
1: how many okay how much time do we have yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'll be Um, here as long as you need me to, girl. I think very early in this journey, and this story may seem a little strange, but it really does keep me grounded and remind me of where I am, where I started, where I am now, and I don't ever forget where I came from. I always remember, I actually... Okay, so let me do this in two parts. First of all, when I got to the stage where... I was getting the recognition that I was being invited to speak and do different things. I was still working in my corporate job. And I remember my CEO telling someone else on the leadership team that I was too big for my boots and I had to go. <laughs> wow. I actually, I, and the person actually came and told me that. And I thought to myself, wow, because at the end of the day, whatever I was doing and however I was speaking was about HR. Mm-hmm. I wasn't talking about the work, the organization or anything like that. And it just remind it, it fixed in my mind that no matter what organization you work for, even if you work in an organization where people are okay with you doing stuff on the side, that depending on how you grow, if it's bigger than the CEO there there can be challenges. Mm. If you have a CEO who supports you, oh, that's fine. All fine and well. But I find that it doesn't happen with us as women of color mm-hmm. that we get CEOs that will support us when we start to move in certain circles and move in certain spaces. They generally resent that for us as Black people, because like how dare you? It almost feels like how dare you. And that's how it felt to me because my CEO was a white man, So it was almost like, how dare you? And I remember when I was, when they laid me off and they tried to pass it off, off as though they were relocating the business and they were relocating the role and they knew that I wouldn't want to move because Barbados is my home. This is where my family is. So they thought it better to lay me off. And I was like, okay, fine, no problem. Layoff means I get money. So I'm not worried. And it just meant all the more for me to now start to do the things that I really wanted to do. But this is the part of the story I'm talking about that might seem a little weird. My CEO then turned around and got some guys in the office to hack my LinkedIn account and cancel it. What? He got some people in the organization to hack my LinkedIn account and cancel it, take it over and say, my LinkedIn account is tied to the organization. So anything that I have built, any community, anything that I have built belongs to the company. Excuse me, sir. No. And because I, I, yeah, uh uh-huh. Mind blowing, right? Yep. Yep. The man had my LinkedIn account and had it, he had it hijacked for about four hours. Because then I had to, someone from the organization, because when you're a good HR person and you work well with people, will work with you. Someone called me and said, Julie, check your LinkedIn account. Funny enough, I was actually on a call with a client going through their LinkedIn account. And I realized I couldn't get in. I couldn't log back in. And I was trying to log in, trying to log in, trying to log in and I could not log in. And LinkedIn is where my business is. And for a moment, my heart sank. But then someone called me and said, Julie, check your LinkedIn account. And I was like, I actually, I'm on it right now and I can't get in. And he was like, the boss hacked your LinkedIn account. Oh, what is, oh. I just thought, at first I thought to myself, how childish. This was a serious defeat for me. I could not believe that someone could stoop so low. And then the employee then sought to help me, guided me on how to get my LinkedIn account back. It took me four hours sending them my passport information, sending them my ID card and also my blood type. (laughs) It felt felt like I had to get You know what I mean? But then I got back my LinkedIn account. Wow. Um, but I'm just saying it's been such a crazy journey and that has been a part that just made me know it's not for you. And if you fly, if you get to a stage in an organization where you are more recognized than the CEO or the leadership, be careful, mm. be careful.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's like, I thought, Samantha. It's I never Aren't you Samantha? <laughs> like, Never was for words. I'm just literally just trying to like formulate. I have mm-hmm. some real choice words to make, which is not appropriate on here. No, you know, you let's <laughs> I believe in Jesus. I just think that is just not on. I think that that is just not acceptable. It's not call for, and mm-hmm. it just goes to show. Like you said, you know, you're too big for your boots. Clearly, that you were designed for those boots because you wouldn't have thought you needed to do that. Yeah. It's clear as day. Yeah, I'm so glad that you were able to get the support of people. Very similar situation, not quite the same. But when I was coming back from maternity, leave, it reminds me of something that's just you came back from maternity, leave, new manager, someone that didn't know me. She was actually a white woman. And mm-hmm. I came back into work. One of the first things she said is I was on a kit day with my daughter in London so you know how far Manchester to so London yeah I was mm-hmm. I'd traveled there She'd, yeah come and then I was like oh she went come into this office she wouldn't really she didn't know me but she wasn't very right. nice she brought me into the office and I was like where should I where should I put my daughter Eliana yeah She'd, you just leave her outside like she was a handbag I was like oh. you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm her up on the coat rack yeah <laughs> I was quite close to some of my colleagues and they were I like, oh, will do an entertainer but that yeah. was so inappropriate. That was the beginning, yes. the end. Because in the meeting, she was like, I'll just cut to the chase. And we know in HR, there's a script and all that. She like, cut to the chase. You'd be made redundant. Literally, that was like it. That yeah. was it. I would have preferred the script so I could work it out in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, I was like, and I was like, why? She was like, oh, you're in Manchester. It's all centralised in London. And I was like, so is there a structural change? Has anyone else been affected? No, just you. And I was like, the only black woman and the yeah. only one that's had a child and yeah. you're making me redundant. And yeah. I was a very good performer. Right. It didn't make any sense to me. And then, and then I was like devastated, obviously crying. And it, I was miles yeah. away from home, no family, no one to turn to, no one to talk to other than on the phone. And I just said, you know what, I'm just going to enjoy the day, which is doing what I always do. And I Mm -hmm. went and connected with other people because Mm -hmm. of that, because I already had a great network of people. They were like, "Mm -hmm." no. And I had, before I left the building, I had five potential offers and like with recommendations. So all I had to do was go for the interviews and be recommended for those roles. So that was. That is just showing you how yeah. you know well received I've been, and but yeah. this lady who never even got the chance to know me, you know what a shame really. Yeah. Well, it's her I loss. That. Yeah, it was her loss her exactly. Loss. That. She, it was that individual's loss really. Yeah, could have been an advocate for leaving the company and saying great mm-hmm. things, but instead, it's not a nice thing to be able to have. Look at you now and look what that's made you, where you are, and it's so so inspirational. That you have just triumphed through that, and not put that as something that "what oh, I'm not gonna do anymore." Mm-hmm. So, my my next question, if I can, because honestly, that, that kind of blew my mind. That one <laughs> I was just like get <laughs> back on track. <laughs> so, because we do as black women, we go through, we do go through the, the more than average. Let's just face yeah. it, more than average, beyond more than average situations what advice i know that you're also a mother and i know that you're successful but what advice would you give for women who are going through things in in the workplace or Mm -hmm. made a decision they want to leave and actually it's become more of a hassle than they expected what advice would you say to continue to triumph through all this
1: yeah so i would say if you're a religious person just keep trusting in god it all works out in the end one way or the other so for me um i had written my resignation letter and dated it december before the office closed so i already knew i was leaving yeah in 2019 i knew i was going and i wrote that resignation letter and i just said god this is in your it's in your hands i'd heard voices in my head for months prior to that kept saying every morning i wake up i go in this toxic place and I just think to myself, and I would hear this voice, like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. This is not your purpose.
0: Mm-hmm. You are not
1: supposed to be here. Wow! And every oh. morning for months, I heard that voice until I wrote that resignation letter and I dated it mm-hmm. because then I made the commitment. So I always encourage my clients, if you know enough is enough and you can't take this anymore, start to make your exit strategy and start with writing your resignation letter to just say, look, I'm out of here. Like That gives your mind closure that you've made the decision that you're gonna be out of there. And then start to strategically look for where you wanna go. What are the top three organizations that you'd love to work with and why do you wanna work with them? What are the things about HR that you really love and do and wanna do and see yourself grow and thrive in those spaces in that particular function? that's moving with purpose but I know a lot of times we lose our job and we go oh I've got kids to feed I've got mortgage to pay I've got food to put on the table I've got extended family that I'm taking care of and so a lot of times we get in the state of fight or flight and we panic and we go we just need a job we just need a job but if you really take the time and just say to yourself look if I slow this down just for a minute what are my options can I get unemployment benefits and that ride that out for a little bit? Can I, Do I have savings and kind of ride that out for a little bit? And yeah. then just be strategic and make really good choices about how you're going to move forward. Because sometimes when we leave in desperation, sometimes we jump out of the frying pan into the fire. So it's better to be strategic and create your exit strategy, but also create a str- strategy to move forward. But yeah, trust in God and have a plan. <laughs>
0: yeah that is such great advice thank you for sharing that I really believe that having a plan yeah what the saying goes failing to plan is planning to fail and Mm -hmm. even if you're making a plan to leave the workplace that you're in I really believe that you do still need to have an exit plan your own exit plan know where you're going and why you're going I I always Mm -hmm. say that even about relationships have your exit (laughs) like exit strategy oh yes for everything always have a plan b always have a women we
1: as women always Always should have a plan b because trust and believe like my mom raised me very my mom is Barbadian and my dad is Jamaican but my parents raised me and they were one of the things that they always said to me is Julie you always gotta have vex money and I'd be like, what is this vex money thing? If you have going out with a guy <laughs> and something happens and he's driving, you get part of it. Yeah. How are you getting home?
0: That sounds like <laughs> my call mom. <laughs> yeah. She's never called it vex money, but that's hilarious I, I understand what have you Have your
1: said. vex money, man. And I've grown up throughout my life, always, I have a vex account.
0: <laughs> I've got. <laughs> I love that. I actually love it. But well, yeah, my my parents didn't call it vex money, but they definitely said make sure you always have your exit money. <laughs> so yeah. it's always, always. And they're like exit money. That's not right. Your yeah. life, you never know. But that's yeah, never true. know. And it's the same. And I really believe if you use that principle, having a bit of a think about it, mm-hmm. even in your workplaces, we, uh, one thing that we stands us out as well is the fact that we don't we have lack of resources and we are we, we can't go from one month to the next so if we like if we lose our job today we may not be able to pay our rent our mortgage our childcare, whatever it may be and yeah. what you've just said is so crucial because what we do need to make sure we do is that we put some money aside for yeah. those rainy days or redundancy not or anything can happen that we haven't mm-hmm. planned for definitely make sure that you I think it, it says to try and, I might be wrong here, but I think it's nine months. I might be just like, like cautious In terms of saving? Yeah, savings. In terms oh, of saving, I think it's- I go by
1: the rule of thumb that Steve Harvey
0: gave, which is at least a year. At least a year, even- At least, even a, year. Than, you know, yeah. at least a year. At least You can have at least a, a year down. So, yeah. you know, so if you haven't already got that, this is your key. This is like literally like <laughs> thinking about it and you're like- something i have been on my mind, then yeah. do get it ready. Mm-hmm. Just I'm guessing you because you, you've got a vex <laughs> you've got your vex plan. How do you say like how do you kind of start putting that aside? What strategies do you have to give advice to to actually mm-hmm. keep your vex plan?
1: So I started with a small amount of savings and then I invest. Mm-hmm. So I take that money and I invest it and then when I get the return on my investment I just save it. So I don't um And that one account, I don't, like, I don't touch that card at all. It doesn't even sit in my purse. It's somewhere else, you know what I mean? And that's just how I, yeah. And then, so I have, like, additional savings. And I always just make sure I take this particular amount. Let's say it was, like, $200. And I put $200 aside in that account every month. And then if there are investments, that look appealing to me I will make the investment and then I will take that money out and now I have someone who takes care of that for me because I think that it's important to make sure that we create legacy and we create good practices for our, our children around being smart with our money. I wish I'd known it sooner but I didn't. My parents didn't, your parents didn't teach you about these kind of things. They just taught you save money. You must have something for a rainy day. But they never really taught you about investing and smart ways to duplicate your funds. And so I'm glad that I do have a financial advisor who does do those things for me. So once you can get a financial advisor, make sure you get one and just don't ever touch that money
0: if you don't need to. And yeah, I definitely agree youtube sorry linkedin youtube is absolutely fantastic for finding out hints and tips in terms of how you can do it for free when you're really starting out i would definitely agree just go on to to youtube YouTube. yeah one one plug and not
1: even i'm not getting paid to plug this guy but there's a guy on youtube called stunner breezy and i follow him absolutely
0: amazing i've learned so much from him we'll definitely add it into the comment section so you can click on to that link so you can find that individual and i again we unfortunately it's one of those things your parents can only teach you what they know they don't know what they don't know and we're now in the generation which is amazing because we now got more wisdom more Mm -hmm. knowledge and more power and we have to use that to the Mm -hmm. best of our advantage we got our next generation like really literally depends on us making that those steps yeah wise so please do take the opportunity even just if you're not ready just listen to the go yeah. on to these these podcasts these experts and just listen and yeah. it will it, spark something in you mm-hmm. to make those little decisions and it can start small the other day Like last year, what I did is I had a bottle. It was only a little skinny, little wine bottle thing. You can put money in, save little pounds in there. And I literally was like, I'm going to, instead of me for my birthday, I wanted to be able to have a nice birthday, but I didn't want to have to use the money that I've already got. So I decided that for the whole year, it was in this bottle, that was going to be how good my birthday was. And I don't know what it is. The moment I said, This is how good my birthday will be, is the mo- the money that I put in this, bot- in this bottle. Mm-hmm. I, every time I got money, boom, yeah. I smashed that bottle. And I believe, I can't remember exactly what was in there, but it was like four, 500 pounds in a year. Wow. Just, just lose change. It was just yeah. literally just here. Yeah, i got a little bit here and there. Yeah. And it's going to, remember. I didn't even expect. And I think in my purse, I've actually still got 30. For some reason, I've got euros in there. So I don't know if that was when I went away or something. But I'm just saying that opportunity is there. Yeah. Loose change. Yeah. Loose oh, change. yeah. Start with loose change. Oh, yes. So Definitely. And if, even if you start with that little bottle idea, I mean, that was like my incentive. If I know I oh, can yeah. continue to it's, do things and great. Yes.
1: Things, I actually have a rule of thumb, which is that I don't spend, I give myself a, an allowance every week of fifty dollars and that's just for me like whether it's whatever I spend it on whether it's (laughs) bread or or gas or whatever I only keep fifty dollars in my purse and whatever is left of that my husband keeps a a Mm -hmm. same bottle like what you said and whatever change I have I will put in there but Mm -hmm. I try really hard not to keep cash on me because I know me so mm-hmm. I don't keep cash. I would use my debit card, but I keep fifty dollars here or there. I might take it maybe once a week, once every two weeks. Fifty dollars—that's my limit. And whatever change I have, then I give it to my husband, and he just stores it away. And he'll go to the bank or the credit union at the end of the month, and sometimes there's hundreds of dollars in five cents, ten cents, dollars. Oh, wow.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So to your point, you really—it really is good and i think that my i remember my dad had this big rum bottle and he used to do the same thing
0: oh, yeah. so oh, yeah
1: have the big bottles and mm-hmm. then you put
0: yeah, the yeah, yeah.
1: In, pounds and 50 pence mm-hmm. and 20 pence in it and that's really a good way to to start yeah and once you've got that money then you put it in an account and then if you can invest it and it will take care of you from there
0: yeah, definitely. There's a book I was just thinking of as we were talking. It's called Profit First for Ethnic Minorities. It's actually mm-hmm. a profit first book, but then they've done it so that it's more catered towards for ourselves, basically. Yeah, so yeah. I highly recommend I profit, it out. profit First. And it talks about putting having seven, seven bank accounts. And then you use Mm -hmm. that for your business and use it for personal, and it helps you to juggle how you do things. And I found that really good. Yeah. um, When I was telling my husband, this is how I was going to set up my business, and it's going to have all these different accounts, and this is an expense account, a tax account, and all this, he was like, "What?" And I was like, "I don't like the confusion. This is clear to me. I'm from HR. We like structure, and we like organisation. And that was like (laughs) ticking all the boxes. Yes. Worked for me. I can literally tell you what's coming in, what's gone out. I hate, and it's just worked. But I would recommend recommend that book and that's where I'm going yeah. to this.
1: Nice. Up. oh wow I've been doing that for a good few years now and I haven't read that book so that's good ah, know.
0: There you are you on track I, I read yeah. it to know what how I'm going to set this business yes. up want to mm-hmm. get make sure I'm making the right steps and yeah, yeah. First I'm yeah. glad that I took that as the first starting point because I'm like doing things in the right way at the beginning yeah I like that About, mm-hmm. yeah definitely and in addition to that because we're talking about money it just reminded me that one of my coaches who is a seven-figure coach multi-seven-figure coach she mentioned something that it is interesting to me is that she never spends her own money never spends her own money Mm -hmm. that is how the rich get rich right so never spend your money never spend if she wants to do something so for example i'm going to go literally to what she says I feel like I'm just going to go on a yacht. It's cost 5,000 for the day. What I'll do then is I need 5,000, I need it today. And I don't want to spend my own money because that's not wise and that's not financial sense. I'm going to make that 5,000 today in order to spend that 5,000 today. And she went out and basically she said, "How can she'll send it to her audience, just the people that she that are following her. What do you need right now that will help you? And they all came back, I need this. Okay, I'm going to create this little program. This is the link to it. She created a quick sales page and said, I'm going to deliver it in a week. And she basically got double that. I think she got about five to 10 grand and was able to go on her yacht. She didn't even have the product yet. (laughs) And because of how she delivers now, she works. And she was able to deliver it in the time. So I just believe that get all the strategies under the sun and make what you for now. And if it's small, before you know it, you're a multi-million. So, like really, if you're already ahead of the game, we could. Be, I'm getting you back on here in six to, eight, <laughs> six to twelve months, <laughs> and you exactly where you are, because you, you're definitely well on track. Thank you. Go on, no. This is your space. <laughs> you're gonna say no. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm literally going back because we have literally. I'm loving this conversation. It's so vital, especially for women of color to really just get money mind just the money mindset we need yeah I know because we said it before about TEDx and you featured in TEDx and I really really want the audience to know what inspired you to go on there and even have the confidence to go on there so we're changing it up a little bit
1: yes so I did my first TEDx talk I say first because I hope to do more yeah but I did my first TEDx talks talk on April 1st this year in Austria. It was an amazing experience. I would highly recommend it. Why did I do it? Because I had a message that I think really needed to be spread. I think a lot of people have a very huge misconception about human resources, the function and the people in the function. And because of what we've been going through during the pandemic we were already burned out before the pandemic the pandemic caused a lot of us to burn out at a rate that we'd never burned out before and then we had to come up with strategies coming out of the pandemic to keep moving work forward so we were even more burned out And then as we were doing that, we started going through things like the great resignation and we started going through quiet quitting and quiet firing and now cushioning. And there's just all these different things that are happening that are always keeping HR on their toes. And with that being said, then I had gone to my community and said, look, just tell me what's going on, how, you know, how many of you are feeling burned out, frustrated in your careers, and it was like almost everybody,
0: yeah,
1: everybody that I surveyed, and I started doing the research on burnout in human resources, and when I started doing the research in 28, 2020, 20, I couldn't find anything when you googled it, now there's tons of stuff, because more and more we have these conversations, the more and more we're seeing the data around human resources professionals being burned out and frustrated, but why is that the case? I really wanted to just highlight two people that, what you expect of hr is almost impossible for us to give as a department of one servicing 300 to 500 people is just not practical the function of itself has so much going on and you can't expect one person to do all of those things this is what is leading to our burnout this is what burnout is looking like in us this is my experience these are my recommendations for you as leaders and these are my recommendations for you as HR and I wanted to share that message and actually was talking to one of my friends on LinkedIn one day and she said she'd just given her first TEDx talk on biases and understanding why there's so much racial bias and unconscious bias in the workplace and she said to me, what's one of the things that you'd really like to take off your bucket list? And I said, I'd love to give a TED talk. And she said, what would you talk about? And I told her and she said, no, people definitely need to hear this message. And she said, I've been working with a coach who's been helping me to get my TED talk. And I highly recommend her. You need to go work with her. She introduced me to her and the rest was history. Oh, wow. And I ended up on the TEDx stage in April 1st, being able to share my story my experience on and how i believe that hr professionals are the first responders in our organizations but they're the hidden first responders and especially during the pandemic i think we didn't get a lot of the credit that we deserved as first responders and i really just wanted to share that with the world to say hey as much as you've had a bad experience with someone in hr all i can do is say i'm sorry for that but that's not all of us we're not all like that this is what's really happening in HR and I really want people to start thinking a little bit differently about how they hire support and really encourage the people in this space because what we do is hard what we do is heavy and we do it out of love right and we do it out of an appreciation for wanting people to have good experiences in the workplace when I was finished that talk I did get a standing ovation
0: Oh, wow. There were so
1: many people that came to me at the end of it just to say they'd never thought about HR this way before. They'd never considered that their HR teams were experiencing these things. And now I think it's been watched around the world by thousands of people. And I'm just
0: grateful for that opportunity and that experience. So we'll definitely put the link to your TEDx talk. I've listened to it. It's fantastic. And you even the way you speak now it's just you've well spoken and it just sings to our heart because from a HR point of view because when yeah. I'm listening to it I'm listening as she's talking about me I know <laughs> so you, the outside view is very probably different but for me it sings to my heart because it's something yeah. that needed to be said I looked after thousands so it's ex- it is burnout it is it's exhausting. exhausting. I, ex- ex- I cannot explain the personalities that it takes to be real true heart-centered yeah. HR professionals we do it because we love people because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. we we love to make sure the business is built but we love people that's why we go into HR and yeah. that's the mission at the end of the day is mm-hmm. to make sure that we align that with the company's goals so it just it can get really exhausting and you can burn yes. out so I agree and it's so glad that you shared that message There was so much in that, what you've shared. But I want to get a bit personal now and just have something where we end. If you were to write yourself a letter, your future self, in, say, five years' time, what one thing would you say to elevate yourself? What would you say to give yourself the extra push?
1: That's a good question. What would I say to my future self to give the extra push? If you build it, it will come. Oh, I
0: love it. Thank you so much. I think think (laughs) that's what I would say. It will come. If If you you build build it, it it, it, will come. Yeah, it will come. Yes you build it they will come and it's so true and what would you like to say about this episode for those who have skipped to the end just to see what the last bit is what would you like to say to make sure they go back and listen to the whole episode what are you doing why are you at the end without listening to the whole episode are you at the end and you've not even listened to the beginning (laughs) or the middle
1: come on now come back come back (laughs) here and come again
0: (laughs) you missed out on so much
1: great stuff you really did you need to go back and take a listen you yeah, absolutely did.
0: Yeah, this is amazing. Thank you, Julie. You're Thank incredible. You. And I know there was just so, so many nuggets that was in this episode. And I'd love to hear those who are listening. I'd love to hear your feedback because Julie's going to be able to see that too. And she's she's got such an amazing heart. She's honestly, she really has. She's bursting at the heart. And <laughs> we're gonna hear your reviews, want to hear what you're thinking. And I want I'm excited for the next episode, which is coming out very soon and it'll likely be next week. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. those who are my dedicated followers so far, I am excited to see you then. So take care and thank you, Julie. You're welcome. Bye everyone.